Women Taking the Lead, Episode 116. You know, you really have to just kind of sit in your crap to really have it change. You can't hide it and force it down. And you can't become the victim either. You have to own it. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognize to reserve your spot in our upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work you do. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Sheila Ronning. And in 2002, Sheila believed in women's ability to serve on corporate boards so strongly, she became the founder and CEO of Women in the Boardroom. Today, as one of the nation's top leadership and board service experts, Sheila excels at connecting influential women executives and professionals with the people and tools they need to succeed in business and in the boardroom. She has built a strong track record over the years and a powerful network, which she uses to help women achieve their goals. When asked her secret to networking, Sheila says, be fearless, sincere, honest, and frank. I love that, Sheila. (laughs) And that's only a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your humble beginnings. Yeah, well, thank you, first of all, so much for inviting me to be a part of your program. I very much appreciate it and love, you know, getting my story out and helping women and well, men too. But you know, my focus is helping women, of course. Mm hmm. I grew up in, you know, with a single mom, my father died when I was two. And, you know, my mom was just she was raising three children. And it seemed like she always had three jobs at any given time. Um, So as you can imagine, you know, my mom wore many hats and also, you know, with all her jobs. And when I was growing up, I just always kind of thought that was the norm, right? Of just constantly working and, you know, got my first babysitting job when I was 12. And had several different odd jobs, you know, through high school and just really started out with that, really that humble beginning, right, of just working hard and going for what it is that you want. Yes, I can definitely relate to that because, and it was definitely a benefit. I find that sometimes people are impressed with the quality I have where if my name is going on something, it's it's got to be good. Right. Right. Because your work is a representation of you. Mm-hmm. And I can never imagine putting in a poor performance or shoddy work. Right. And me- mediocrity is a word I, I, I don't really understand. Right. I get it. It's a wor- it's in the dictionary and it happens. But, you know, I think that's the thing. When you don't have a lot, your work, you know, speaks for you. Well, yeah, it's your word, right? And all you have is your word. And I'm Sure, you're all also live by the motto of, you know, um, under promise and over deliver, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Set the expectations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. So, Sheila, clearly, you've had success. You've you've come a long way from those days, and you've gained confidence. But take us back to a time when you were playing small, right? And this didn't necessarily have to do with, you know, how much money you had. It, ha- it has to do with, you know, the, the value we place on what we're capable of and what we believe that we can do. So take us back to a moment when you were playing small, you didn't really know what you were capable of at that time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. You know, well, it's, it's almost sad because I feel like 
we as women, we are always learning. Well, you know, we're always playing small at some point. And I'm a big fan of, you know, being a life learner, right? And continue to evolve and grow. And when you're in that state, I think you are always finding something new where you're feeling like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm really selling myself short. But, you know, I think my biggest aha moment was, you know, when I was um, in my 20s, I had, you know, this management position with this major retailer. And, you know, I just, as we've already discussed, I have this amazing work ethic and just kept trying to constantly get to the next step. And I, I realized that, you know, my boss was actually always just dangling a carrot in, in my face, right? He would, he was always giving these store management positions to, you know, the guys, even guys that I had even hired. But, you know, and I just had to stop and go, okay, I'm really selling myself short here by constantly just trying to please him. And I really need to do something for myself at this point. And so I ended up leaving, you know, this 10 year career um, with them and going and, and working for somebody else. But that was my big moment of, and I've had many since then too, but you know, really realizing that I just, I, I, I deserved more. Mm -hmm. And Sheila, was it, you know, when all of this was going on, what were you saying to yourself to, you know, keep yourself in that job, even though people were being promoted to positions that you were very capable of taking on? Well, unfortunately it was that I was, you know, telling myself I wasn't good enough, mm -hmm. you know, and that was, really eye-opening when I realized that, wow, I actually am good enough. And it's not me. It's the situation that I'm letting occur over and over again. Right. And I think sometimes the environments we keep ourselves in, mm -hmm. not realizing it, reinforce that belief that we're not good enough. We believe we're not good enough. We get treated like we're not good enough. And so therefore, we then continue to believe we're not good enough until something shakes it up. Right. And and then we, we, we have a light bulb moment, which, you know, is a great segue to the next question I wanted to ask you, because I'm very curious about a time in your journey when you had a wake up call, right? When the light bulb came on and you had a realization, take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. Well, so now that's a different, I'm going to share a different um, part of my journey. So uh, five years ago, I made the move from, you know, Minneapolis to New York. And I, I made the move for a personal relationship. And, you know, I've, I've owned my, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years, right? So I know that there's going to be the ups and downs. But during that time was also, you know, a few years earlier, if you remember that little thing called the financial crisis, right? So, <laughs> you know, business, yes. business was doing really well, I thought we actually had escaped the financial crisis. But I was also in this new relationship and I, I didn't have my eye on the, on the ball. And I then read up, you know, rooted my life, moved to New York, knew no one here. I get here and not only did the relationship end, but my company took a nosedive because the financial crisis caught up. And again, I didn't have my eye on the ball and really nobody had ever been through that kind of a financial crisis, you know. I mean, I know it had happened, you know, 
long, long time ago, but nobody living <laughs> had gone through anything like that. And it took years yeah. for the ripple effect to reach people. Right. I know. Right. I know. So here we have the financial crisis hits women in the boardroom. I'm in this new lo loca lo location and, you know, my personal relationship fails. And it's also extremely intimidating to move from the Midwest to New York. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I don't know if I need to be somebody different than who I am to get these people to like me and to respect me. And I really just hid what was going on with my business and just tried to act like everything was fine. And, you know, I also hid the relation relationship breakup from many people. And I was here by myself. I didn't want my family and friends either to see me as failing and to worry about me. And I just started becoming this, you know, really unhappy, angry person. And a friend of mine that was here from Chicago visiting me and she just said, wow, you are not the same person that I've known. And, you know, you should really think about doing, starting some meditating. <laughs> and, that was really life changing for me once I started to, you know, meditate and really start looking at my life and also just starting to open up to people and letting them know what was going on. You know, you really have to just kind of sit in your crap to really have it change. You can't hide it and force it down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you can't become the victim either. You have to own it. And I think that's what scares so many people oh, about so meditating. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you know when you go quiet, like things are going to start bubbling up. But I'm, I'm sure you realize in the practice when you stop resisting it, when you stop judging your experience as bad and just kind of sit with it for a while, you realize like, okay, I'm, I'm, through, I'm going through the tunnel. Like I'm nearly on the other side of it. Mm. Right. The experience of failure is very different than what was actually going on in your company. Right. So I'm going to, can I share a quote with you? Yeah. What you just said, it's been my, it was the quote that I found at the perfect time. And I just read this all the time to just remember. Right. Yeah. So unfortunately, I cannot pronounce this gentleman's name, um, but I'll try. <laughs> Haruki uh, Murakami. So it's the, the quote is, once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through. You won't ma you, how you managed to survive. You won't even be sure whether the storm is really over. But one thing is certain, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. And that's what the storm is all about. <laughs> So, Isn't that a great reminder? Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And the sooner, you know, what I find in too with meditating, you know, and why it's only part of the reason why it's so beneficial is it helps the storm to pass that much quicker. Because a lot of times what we're going through, most of it is emotional. Yeah. And very little of it is the factual parts of what's actually happened because we can deal with the factual parts, mm -hmm. right? They, they usually have some to do's attached to them, but it's the emotional experience of feeling a, like a failure, feeling abandoned, feeling lost, like being confused about your identity. I mean, all of that was going on at the same time for you, Sheila. I can't even imagine. Yeah. 
you know, um, and like you said, it, it's hard to remember what, what exactly it was like back then, but it, it had to have been very draining for you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was. And so, you know, and I, I did also end up hiring a life coach and, you know, and just really started to open up and really be honest with myself and others. And, you know, that whole intimidation thing of moving from the Midwest to New York, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to be me. Yeah, like it or leave it. But at the end of the day, that's all I've got. Right? Right. I certainly didn't have any money. So, you know, I just decided I was just going to be my authentic self and be vulnerable and really figure out what it is that I need to do. Right. And I mean, I, you know, decided that, okay, I am a master networker, I'm going to just get out there and just network, network, meet people, And, you know, you're going to draw in when you're in that authentic place, too, you're also going to draw in people that are also very authentic. And you know what? People want to help. They Mm -hmm. really do. But you need to help them help you. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, so figure out what you need and know that, listen, this is life. It's going to have its ups and downs. And you can either embrace all the stuff that's happening and learn from it and grow from it and figure out what you need to do. But stuff is going to happen. And you can either do, you know, figure out what you need and be honest with people. Otherwise, you can play the victim role, which, you know, we know is not going to get you anywhere. But every single person has these ups and downs. And it's just how you end up dealing with them. But you, you have to stop hiding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And finances and business is a tough one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had, you know, I was at a, um, I belong to Business Networking International and we were at a training recently and one of the directors made the point that, you know, people will talk about their divorce, you know, how their kids are doing bad in school and all this stuff on Facebook. But if you ask them how their business is doing, they could be about to close the doors and they'll tell you it's fine. Like it's going good. Oh yeah. Right. That's our natural thing. And I recently had a guest on who who also talked about the fact that as women, we have a, a you know, most of us have a huge discomfort with talking about finances. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, so you combine the two of them together. Yeah. <laughs> You're starting to develop a perfect storm. But like you said, until you open up, until you allow yourself to be vulnerable, until you talk to somebody you know, you can't get the help and people do want to help. They're like, we don't even realize it. Like we love helping while other people do too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the people are so open and so drawn to people who are being authentic and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, we've all had conversations with people who we know are being fake, who are hiding, right? And it's, it's just something that we're not drawn to. It's when someone's being real with you that people are just like, they glom onto that. They, they want that in their lives. They want people like that. It's so true. I think about that at a networking event. It's not, and you know, I want to make the distinction because I'm sure some people have some thoughts in their mind about this. It's not someone who's airing their dirty laundry or being catty. Mm -hmm. It's just someone who's just kind of honestly saying it like it is, you know, and oftentimes it's without judgment. And those are the type of people I find that I'm giggling around because they're being so honest. It's funny, right? It's, it's almost like that, that freedom you get. Yeah. 
when when someone's just being honest and you know kind of your defensiveness comes up a little bit and you're like oh we're going there and you for me I get giggly but I enjoy so enjoy being around somebody like that because guess what then I can be honest too and they're not going to judge me and it's so yeah and think about when it when they're not like that you just are like okay well great to meet you and you run to the next person Right. I have to get away from you because this is awkward. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is. It's awkward. It's like, it just feels uneasy and you're like, okay, I have to go to the bathroom. So see you later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now I feel like it's true. And you know, I'll just share, share this experience as well. Gosh, Sheila, you're bringing up a lot. (laughs) I find, (laughs) I find with people who are not able to let their hair down a little, right? Who are very, you know, they're, they're hiding something. You don't know what it is and it might be nothing big, but they're just not being completely honest with you. I find myself tightening up. Like I'm expected to act a certain way because they're tightening up or they're coming, they're coming across that way that I find myself getting a little more stiff and proper around them because I'm afraid to do or say the wrong thing. And that's what makes me want to run because that's not how I want to live my life. Exactly. Love it. All right. Let's segue to the next one. You've been kind of alluding to this the whole time, but I'm very curious about your leadership style because we all lead differently. And, you know, I talk a lot about how we're all different. We have different preferences, but we, our leadership style changes over time as well as we gain more experience and knowledge and, you know, delve into different areas. So Sheila, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, I mean, communication is obviously key. And again, just being authentic. And if you're not communicating what you, what your expectations are and, you know, just being authentic about it, it gets you into so much trouble. It doesn't help anybody. It's so true. And one of the things I try to teach my clients is just a simple phrase, but it can go a long way is that's not going to work for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And especially to say it in a way that it's not a it's not a dead no. Right. You're not shutting down the conversation. You're actually opening up the conversation. Whatever has been proposed, it doesn't work for you. And you're open to other options. Right. right? It starts the conversation. Go. But it's honest. Right. Mm -hmm. Because so many of us go, "Uh, yeah, okay, Right. And that's not honest, especially if you're like, that's the last thing I want to be doing right now. But you say, all right, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's funny because I will um, so many times be, you know, how when you're in a conversation with somebody and, you know, work related or whatever, and they're putting to do items on your list. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) I try to leave every phone conversation, every meeting with having nothing on my to do list. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, so if, if one of my, you know, staff are, you know, they have a situation, I'm like, well, you know, don't bring this to me without a solution. You know, really getting them to think about, I mean, that empowers them so much, right? Mm-hmm. And it really gets them to think about it. And they're so much happier, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's being a resource, but not the problem fixer. Mm-hmm. Right. Wearing that cap, like I'll brainstorm, we can collaborate, but ultimately this is, this is yours. You came in with the problem and you're going to leave with the problem, you know, and something I'm noticing I do is it's not that I, I take on the problem, right? So if I'm on a committee, 
it's all of our problem per se, but I take on all the little to do's. And then what I realize is at the end of the week, I've, I have a hundred little to do's, mm-hmm. you know, and not enough time to do it. So I love <laughs> this approach of like not taking things on, or at least making sure everybody, sh- especially if it's a committee situation, everybody's sharing in the work. If I've got a to do, everybody else has a to do before I take on another. Oh to-do. yeah, absolutely. Right. You got to split those up. Yeah. So that's huge. Yep. All right, Sheila, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Oh, my gosh. Well, as an entrepreneur, I'm sure you know there's many things. But, um, <laughs> you know, we've just we've made such great strides. You know, I told you that we had, you know, reformatted, you know, the, well, I don't know if I really did. But, I mean, we ended up reformatting Women in the Boardroom from this event company that we had in 15 cities across the U.S. into a membership platform. Um, five years ago. And so it's just, I'm really excited about where it's taking us now, because I feel like we're really starting to make a big difference in, you know, moving that needle with more women on boards. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's the current project, I guess, is just to continue developing this platform for growth for for getting more women on boards. And I just feel like we're yeah. in this great spot. And so, you know, it's, it's tough. We have to remember that we have to work on the business instead of in the business all the time. Right, right, right. And being on a board is very much working on the business as well. Um, spreading the word, contributing to the community, getting out there. And I know, Sheila, you could probably give more information on this as well, because I know women who, you know, would like to be on boards, would like to contribute, but they're intimidated. Mm by being on a board and they don't think they're up for the work or they're not sure how to go about it. What would you say to a woman like that? Well, first of all, I want to make sure that, um, you know, that we're, I'm all about helping women get onto corporate boards versus Mm -hmm. the nonprofit boards. I mean, some nonprofits do pay, but I always say I have no desire to help women volunteer one more minute of their time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's a big difference between serving on a nonprofit board and a corporate board. And listen, I never want women to stop doing their charitable work. That's not what I'm talking about. But, you know, if you do serve on those nonprofit boards, really make sure that you know what the expectations are as far as time commitment, you know, if it's a financial commitment and so on. But we as women, we do. We'd love to, you know, w- a lot of the women I'm working with, they have these big, big titles, right? And they're still, I don't know if I'm qualified. It's that self-doubt, right? And it's just having someone say, yes, you are good enough. And there's, as long as they're being realistic about what size of board mm-hmm. that they, you know, if somebody calls me and they've only worked in a, you know, medium-sized company and they say, hey, I want to get into the Coca-Cola board. Well, I'm not going to be able to help them because they're not being realistic, Right. But really realizing that we are good enough as is, and most, you know, executive women are qualified to sit on corporate boards. Um, so you're, you're, again, your question was, how do they do that, though, or, or how do they get onto boards? More, um, what would you say to them if they're like, I'm not good enough? Well, I would have, first of all, you know, looked at information about them before having mm-hmm. conversations. So I would know what their, you know, value add is. So I would be able to say, well, what about this? And a lot of times it's just pointing things out to them and they're like, oh yeah, because we as women, we just do not like to toot our own horn. Mm-hmm. So, so true. 
And, you know, there is, there's that Harvard Business Review not too long ago, I'd published a study on how, you know, women really feel the need to check 100% of the box before they go for something, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the next, you know, step in their career or, you know, that board seat. And, you know, the survey also said that men really only are feeling the need to check 60% of the box because they really are like, well, oh, I, I've never done that before, but I know I could do it. They just go for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so true. yeah, so <laughs> I've read that study as well. It's fascinating. But it sounds like your business is something that would help these women figure it out, right? They want to be on a board, they they feel like they could contribute, but they're they have some doubts. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like your company helps to helps them to pick the right boards, right? Yeah, and, and hone how they present themselves. Right. And you know what, women, we also love to know what the step by step process is. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and maybe men do too. I don't know, you know, but for women, I know we love to well, how do I do that? How do I get there? And, you know, so we're really able to give them that path, right? This is what you're what you need to do. And we go through it step by step with them. You know, here, you need to have your board documents, right? You have to have the board bio, the professional profile that really highlight your background for board positioning, and know what your value add is, right? Have that elevator pitch down of what are the types of boards you're qualified for? What is your value add? And, reach, you know, really then the next step is to reach out to your network, but it's the right people in your network. It's, you know, who, who are those people? What do you say to them? How do you reach out to them? And really, how do you maintain those relationships? And especially for women, we want to know how to maintain those relationships without it being a me, me thing. Right? Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's going through that whole process. And, you know, and hey, women, we also need help and because we're we love to set these goals for ourselves but then all of a sudden we let everybody else take that first spot right whether it's our family and friends or our job where we're putting ourselves on the back burner so we're that little reminder of saying hey remember you joined this organization you've committed to doing this work for yourself what have you done for yourself lately mm-hmm. I love that perfect All right, Sheila, now we're going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Well, I'm going to have to go with meditating on that one. Yeah. I mean, for those of you who do not meditate, I just, please just look into it. it. It just makes you a better person, which makes you a better leader. But, you know, constantly continue to learn. And those might seem a little bit fluffy to people, but that could mean reading leadership books. Which is a great segue, because what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Well, I'm just pulling this up on my Kindle because I love this book, and I want to make sure that I get the name right. But it's, it's give and take, why helping others drives our success. And it's by Adam Grant. I love this book for so many reasons. It it really just digs into how, when you are giving, how much it does give back. And, and it gives all these different stories of, of the, you know, reasons why it gives examples. So this is my latest must read book. I love that. And Adam Grant, I believe he does a lot of writing on women 
within corporations. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. This is the first book I've read of his, but I really, really recommend that book. I'll have to look into that. It sounds like very much a feminine style of leadership. Um, yeah. So that's perfect. Well, everybody I've read in there, though, is all men. So um, really? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to have to check out that book. And Sheila, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, so many things. But really, you know, uh, that is such a good question. And I, I did think about that before our call today. But I was just like, you know what? I've been asked that question of what is it that you wish you would have known back then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, you know, I answered the question then of just, you know, I'm kind of glad I didn't know all of this stuff. I didn't, I'm glad I didn't know how hard starting a business would be because you don't know that all of a sudden you're going to be responsible for your employees' well-being, their financial well-being. You don't understand how much work you're going to have, but the rewards, they so pay off. Mm -hmm. So, I guess it's just, what would I tell my younger self would just be that, hey, there's going to be some serious bumps in the road. But as long as you just keep forging through and, you know, everything happens for a reason. It really, truly does. And I know that is, you know, a lot of people say it, but it's just, if you really do just believe that and just sit back and try to figure out why is this happening? I know everything happens for a reason. So please just give me some sign. Why? Right, right, right. Take the long view. Yeah. <laughs> this one. Yeah. I love it. All right, Sheila. Share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Well, I shared my quote with you in the beginning, right? That one, the uh, mm -hmm. the storm. I mean, that's definitely my my all-time favorite, but I also like to always leave people with remember to show up, stand up, and speak up. Love it. All right. And lastly, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Well, you can send me an email. Uh, that would be S Ronning, R-O-N-N-I-N-G at womeninthebordroom.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, we're on Twitter. Um, you know, our website is womeninthebordroom.com. So many different ways to reach out. Mm-hmm. No excuses. Yeah. You, they can find you anywhere. <laughs> yeah. They put my name into Google and they should definitely pull up all my contact information there too. I found you on Google. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. easy peasy. Yeah. All right. And for those listening, you can find all the links and the resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Sheila, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate being on your program. Loved it. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life? Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognized to reserve your spot in my upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work that you do. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? 
You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me, and here's to your success.